This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Bundling home and car insurance with GEICO is so easy, your neighbours are probably already doing it. But who... They may drop little hints like... Beautiful day out. Even more beautiful since we saved by bundling our home and car insurance with GEICO. Or... Yard work is hard. Much harder than bundling with GEICO, which was easy. Or it may be even subtler, like... Speaking of burgers, we bundled our home and car insurance with GEICO and saved a bunch of money. Bundling is easy with GEICO. Just ask your neighbors. Listen to the West MY podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi! Hello and welcome to the West Hamway podcast with myself, Dave Walker, and XWHU employee. It was a roller coaster of emotions at the London Stadium today that saw West Ham throw away a free goal lead against Arsenal, leaving us with just a point when we were looking odds on to take all three. Where did we go wrong? Who takes the blame? Should we be angry with the result, or should we just take the point and be pleased to still be in fifth? We'll be talking about that and more on tonight's show. It was an incredible 90 minutes, full of ups and downs, but ultimately we've thrown away a free goal lead. How do you feel about it? No, I'm exactly that, mate. I've, it's really difficult because, you know, a draw against Arsenal in, in previous years has been a good result because, you know, we've always struggled against them. We've not beaten them very often. And, um, you know, you would have taken you would have taken a draw against them. Um, but when you've been 3-0 up, you know, any any result that isn't a win after that is always going to be disappointing, isn't it? And it's just disappointing that we had that lead and then we just kind of sat back on it and... Other factors came against us, but ultimately we've only taken a point from a game. Really, if you're going to be challenging for Champions League when you're three nil up, you can't throw mm. away those sorts of results. No, you can't. And I couldn't believe what I was watching. Seventeen minutes, I thought we were looking at a cricket score at one point. It was unbelievable. And mm. first half, it was West Ham at our best. Second half, we were a different side. I don't know what happened to us. It's like we completely switched off. We lost our intensity. We lost our momentum. At times, we were ball watching. We gave them so much space at times, it was ridiculous. And we allowed them to dominate possession, constantly inviting pressure. It was so frustrating to watch. And when they scored their second, I honestly thought we were going to go and lose the game. 
And it actually feels like we did to me. That's that's how it felt today, like a defeat. I don't know if you felt the same. Yeah, it does, mate, because it's that feeling of disappointment and, you know, you associate disappointment with a defeat and it does feel like that. Um, The the thing that frustrates me is that, you know, if you look at Arsenal, you know, defensively is their weakest point and Mm. their best point is attacking. You know, they've got they've got. The Pep, uh, Pepe, I know he's not um, not what they hoped he'd be, but still he was like a record signing or a big money signing. They've got Lacazette, Boimiang. You know, they've got loads of these quality players going forward. I like that Saka bloke as well. Um, so mm-hmm. they've got lots They've got lots going forward. Yet defensively, they're still playing you know, David Luiz at centre-back, for example. Um, mm-hmm. And I just think your best way to defend against Arsenal is to attack against Arsenal, which is exactly what we did in the first half got ourselves into a 3-0 lead should have gone on to make it four possibly five like you said um, but then we just sat back and yes their first goal took a lucky deflection um, and there was various factors that sort of counted against us but still it is frustrating I mean it is a sign let's not forget of how far we've come I mean oh, I'm yeah. really disappointed with that but still you can't hide your natural raw emotions and this is why we're doing the podcast now and having changed our schedules because we wanted to capture that and that feeling off the back of that is still disappointment definitely I mean, how pissed off are you with today? Because ultimately, we are still fifth in the league, which is a phenomenal achievement. Um, if you, if I, if I put a um, you know a bigger picture onto it, then I'm not that pissed off because you're right, we're still fifth in the league. You know, we've still got a chance of um, really pushing for Champions League and probably getting Europa League. So, in the grand scheme of things, I'm not pissed off. However, you know, if we're really going to push for Champions League, then those two points were crucial because, unfortunately, I think Chelsea are going to continue a bit of form now um, and, uh, and Leicester and Manchester United are the other two and, and I just don't see now how we can get above them. Um, and it's just a shame when you're in it you know you three nil up I mean I know we caught Tottenham up from the same position but we we shouldn't we shouldn't have thrown that away and it's just frustrating and yes in the grand scheme of things we played well yes the season's been unbelievable but if you judge a get on a game by game basis which is what we do obviously for this show then then it is disappointing to throw a three nil lead away it doesn't doesn't matter who you're playing and let's be honest Arsenal are not the team they they have been in Premier League history, that's for sure. Mm, I agree with you 100%. I mean, firstly, you should never drop points when you're 3-0 up. And one yeah. thing that has to change is the way we keep possession. I've said it before, and we don't do it enough. At 3-0, why are we not keeping the ball and wearing them down? If we go mm. into half-time 3-0 up, I think there's every chance we'd have won that game. We've yeah. got to be smarter like that. And secondly... Whilst we are two points away from fourth, we're also four points away from eighth. Yeah. And if we finish outside of a European qualification spot this season, it will be disappointing and mm. will be because of dropping points like we've dropped today. We just can't afford to do what we did in that second half today. Yeah, um, and also, and also, like obviously, Antonio. Now, I, I've read, I've read on Twitter that he's got a lot of stick. I don't think you can give him stick for that. He's on the stretch. He's trying to reach a ball that's just slightly ahead of him. You know, people are saying he's used to it, like the over, always the complete overreaction on Twitter. Mm. Um, and like you know, but 
that said, I'm not going to criticise him for that incident, but the fact we do not have anyone else that can come on and play up front, you know, mm. we do not have a sorry, got Odebeck sitting on the bench, but you know, he came on against Man United and got subbed off and hasn't been seen pretty much since then. And I, I, I just still find it frustrating that we went it. We just didn't buy a striker when we sold a lair because we've got no other option. You know, we can't we can't bring it on, bring on anyone to, to spice up and we're relying on Antonio with his hamstrings being shot to pieces to play pretty much every minute of every game. I mean, the squad depth is appalling, really. Mm-hmm. The fact we've got two two keepers sitting on the bench every fucking week, I mean, that's just ludicrous. And then you've got you've got the only options you ever really seem to have are the same thing every single time. You know, you've got Noble to come on, you've got someone on the right wing, whether it be Fredericks, Bowen, if he's on the bench, Yarmolenko, someone like that. And then and then you've got um, you know, someone in defence, possibly, if you need a centre-back. But, like, there's never any sort of real game-changers. I mean, thankfully, with Yarmolenko and Masaraku coming back after the break and Ogbonner as well, then hopefully that gives us a bit more competition. But the fact that we did just completely strip back our squad has meant that the push is really difficult because, you know, even... Like Ant- Antonio played well today, I think. I mean, he set up two goals, for example. Mm. Um, so you can't criticise him. But, you know, he gets tired by about the 70th, 80th minute. If you want to sort of... You need someone to almost come on and like hold the ball up for you in those last um, minutes. And keep, like you said, keep possession. Yeah. But we don't have we don't have that sort of... Uh, that target, man. Almost like a bit like Andy Carroll that could, like, you know, get, get the ball, hold it up and lay it off and stuff. We just don't have that option now mm, I know I know and um, that could prove to be our Achilles heel in this campaign because it's inevitable that the players are going to get tired as well you know yeah. it's, it's such a high demand on them week in week out it is a real worry and like you said a real sign of that is lack of squad depth is having two keepers on the bench I mean it's insane well, that says it all doesn't it that as well mate and also the fact so I saw a stat I tweeted it I think Declan Rice can't remember the exact number but I think he's played 109 um, 109 games out of 110 for us in the Premier League and Jeez. played nine, and played 90 minutes in every single game now yes he's 22 so you know you'd say that age is on his side when it comes to that sort of thing but you know really we are literally so dependent on Rice Suchek, Antonio, you know, those players, if they if they get injured, then then our, our strength as a team is just massively reduced. You know, because mm. if Rice goes, you bring in Noble. If Suchek goes, you know, probably bring in Noble. If you don't have Noble, you bring in Coventry, who he's not used all, all season. Um, you know, Lanzini's not the player he was uh, like at all um ben rama he plays and i think he can, i think he's got talent don't get me wrong um but you know he still still hasn't scored for us yet um mm. so some of some of the options that we have coming off the bench just show the lack of squat depth and if we did end up getting in the Europa League which I hope we do we should be aiming to at a minimum then we are really so light going into that can you imagine like Declan Rice and Antonio have to literally play like say we got to the final in that we'd have to play so many games Mm. Um, it's just I don't know we need bigger squad depth mate Mm, we do we do talking of Antonio I mean look I didn't check Twitter after the game. My tolerance level just couldn't yeah. deal with it. So you, I haven't. You made the right choice. Yeah, I haven't looked on social media. I just can't do it. Um, mm. But judging from what you just said there, it seems like 
Mickey's had a little bit of stick. I mean, talking about that opportunity, what are your thoughts on that? Was it a case of, well, look, if he could have scored it, he would have? Or do you think that's a really bad miss? I think it's hard to judge that as a miss. I mean, you know, he has he has all his objective really in that situation is to get contact on the ball and you can't control the contact you're going to have really because you're throwing yourself out because it's in front of you and it's being whipped across. Um, so uh, if it was like he was standing up or it was a tap in, then I, you know, you criticize him, but I just don't think you can on that. You know, you look at, was it Paul Gascoigne against oh, um, Germany? You, know? you took the words right out of my mouth there. That's, there that's exactly the comparison I was going to make. It was like go. that, wasn't it? To a degree. I know Paul didn't get as much contact on it as Mickey did, but it's definitely a similarity there. It's the same, yeah, in my opinion, it's a very similar incident and you can't make yourself, you know, three inches taller or whatever to get proper contact on it. And, you know, he has no control over where that's going. And yes, ideally, he would have scored that. I mean, he's like two or three yards from goal, so you'd think he would, but... I just think it's a bit harsh to criticise him on that. And, you know, especially in, especially in a game where, you know, Suchek's goal is pretty much his goal, isn't it, really? I mean, Suchek's yeah. had minimal contact on that. And then he's set up Lingard's as well. You know, to then come off and absolutely slaughter him, it's just mm. absolutely um, ridiculous, really. It is. It is ridiculous. But it's Twitter. I don't know how you've got the patience to, to jump on after a game where we've um, dropped points because you know what you're going to get. Yeah, I shouldn't, mate. I really should. I should just avoid Twitter, like constantly. I just, I just, I don't know. It's toxic, you know. I tried to put a bit of positivity on there and tweet out um, about Connor Coventry getting his first call up to the Irish squad, um, and I got people saying, "Who cares? You know, what's the point? We just draw a game. Who fucking gives a shit?" Nice. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's nice of you, isn't it? You know, young academy player gets his first international call up, and he was tagged into the tweet as well. So you know, how, how's that going to make him feel? And it's the same thing. Like you know, Declan was got his first international call up once upon a time, and now look how how he's progressed since then. And I just, I don't know. It's a very, very toxic place. I, I read, I read. Antonio's shit. I read Moyes is taking us as far as he can. He can. Um, I read. <laughs> and I, I read. I read. Mate, honestly, I read all sorts. Dawson shouldn't be signed. He's his shit. Um, oh my god! Just like this. And, and the thing is that that, that these people are saying like oh, the week before saying how Dawson should be an England team. You know, <laughs> this is just like this is just mm. how ridiculous it is that it just changes so so much based on based on one game. It's just a. Uh, it's just complete over reactions all the time mm. what did you think of the gaffers changes today starting with Mark Noble for Bowen with 20 minutes left uh, I, I don't think that was the right move I understand why he did it again mm. to, clo- to close out the game but you, you changed the formation that um that you uh, that you started the game. You changed the formation that had worked well. Obviously, Bowen had scored a goal, um, so he was probably on a bit of a high. So um, uh, it's a negative substitution, unfortunately. And as I said to you, when you play Arsenal, you got to go. In my opinion, you got to attack them to defend. So mm-hmm. taking him him off was was negative. Um, I, I understand Fredericks to try and get a bit of pace on the wing and stuff. Um, but but then, in my opinion, if he he almost had to put Fredericks on to to sort of counteract the fact that he'd taken Bowen off. So yeah, you know, why 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 take Bowen off in the first place? I, I I must admit the substitutions. I don't think were the right substitutions in my opinion, but I understand why he did it. No, I agree. And in a game where you're just 
getting so much pressure. It's like you said, you're absolutely right. You have to counter-attack that. And like I said last week's show, to effectively counter-attack, you need attacking players. So, you know, to bring off an attacking player to put nobs in the middle of the park. Again, like you said, I do understand it because you want to beef up the midfield a little bit to stop getting overrun. I do get that. Um, I think one of the biggest problems we had today was Krez at left-back. I think the pace was a real issue for him. And I would have yeah. been half-tempted to have put Fredericks at left-back just to deal with the pace. I know he's not yeah. a left-back, but that, for me, would have been a little bit more logical. And I've got to say, and, and I'm a, I'm, I've been his biggest fan, Ben Rama, I thought he was quite poor today. And I'm surprised yeah. that um, he wasn't the first substitution made, in all honesty. But I would have been tempted to throw Lanzini on rather than Noble in that position. Yeah. Yeah, I just think we just completely took away any attack that we had once we'd started to do that. And yeah. and, and it's just not the way to play against Arsenal. I, I, I honestly think, in some some respects, Arsenal are one of the easiest teams to play against an opposition, which sounds ridiculous because obviously they have been a good team. But you know that defensively they're weak. You know that. You know their centre-backs have always got an error in them, that the keeper's not that good at crosses and stuff. You know that that's their weakest place. And you also know if you go in a bit hard against them or rough them up a little bit they don't like it so you, you do both those things throughout the game and you've already got an automatic advantage against them um mm-hmm. we didn't do it so mm. the patrons voted jesse for man of the match followed by Declan and then lucas do you agree with that um yeah that's probably probably the right the right one i would say although i c- I can't remember Fabianski making any saves, so I'm not really sure how, how he got third. But, um, yeah, I would say Lingard. Lingard gives us so much options and just that he is such a good player and, like, mm. so exciting to watch and you always feel like he's going to score at least, at least do something. And it was a great goal. I think Declan oh. played well. You know, Declan's surging run and stuff and oh, various no. other things. Yeah, I thought he played well. Surprised at Fabianski being third, but... You know, he let three goals in as well. Um, but, you know, and I can't really help any of them. But, uh, yeah, so certainly the first two I agree with. Yeah, Jesse was a real positive from today. When I mean, that goal was different yeah. class. And his tenacity with that free kick was brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah. Brilliant. And he really is going from strength to strength with us, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, he's he, he we have to do everything we can to sign him permanently. You know, he's one of those players that don't come to West Ham that often. So we've got to make mm. sure we do everything we can to get him tied down, you know, 28. So he's going to be, he's at the peak of his career now. He's back in the England squad. So he knows that he can still play for England even though he's technically taken a step down in terms of stature of club. So we've got to do everything we can now to get him. My only slight concern is whilst we were sort of, there was a few clubs interested in him, um, like when we got him on loan, everyone's going to be interested in him now. You know, he's really put himself in a shop window and I hope, I hope he, like I know he does, he loves being at West Ham and I hope that's enough to carry it over the line. But, you know, if you're, if you're Tottenham, if you're Arsenal, if you're, if you're anyone really, Villa, you know, anyone looking at Lingard right now, you think, oh yeah, I fancy a bit of him. I'm going to, I'm going to bid for him as well, especially as his contract's up at the end of the season. We've, with Man United, so you're not going to be paying a fortune for him. Mm. Do you know what his wages are and what it potentially would be if we signed him on a pun? 
his wages are very clause based. So I think he's I think he's on about a basic of like 100, 110, but then he can make a lot of money through like appearances and goals and England caps and basically everything he's doing. He can get um he can get himself up to I think and don't I don't want to be quoted on this because I don't know entirely. But I think he can get himself close to two hundred thousand a week based on hitting various clauses. Mm. The thing is, though, and again, you're spot on. Players like Jesse Lingard or the opportunity to sign players like Jesse Lingard doesn't come around that often. And I just right. think you've got to take a punt. We're in a fortunate position where his contract is coming to an end. And I think you've quoted before as saying it's in the region of fifteen million. Is that right? I think so. I mean, I, I, Manchester United fans are just giving me shits because uh, for saying that figure, <laughs> honestly, uh, because it, it was in the sun this week. We got up the podcast, yeah. in, so it's just quite nice. But uh, and so I've just had all weekend fifteen million. He's never going to go for that. But what? <laughs> but what? What they don't seem to understand is, as I just said earlier, his contracts up. So you're only going to be able to get a certain amount for him because if he doesn't get selected in their Premier League squad again, which is what happened and the reason he's ended up at West Ham, he will be worth, you know, he'll be a free transfer at the end of the season. So realistically, you might get 15, 20, I guess a push 25 million, but you're not going to start getting 50 million, 60 million. Some people are saying, oh, we should swap him for Declan Rice. Well, considering West Ham <laughs> value, value Declan Rice at 100 million, mm-hmm. you know, you're not going to value, De- you're not going to value, um, uh, Lingard, we've got years left. Uh, that the same figure, are we? 80 to nah. 100 million for Rice. You can't say Lingard's going to be the same. Um, and at the end of the day, he wasn't in, even in Man United's Premier League squad. So, yeah. Mm. So, I mean, if, if they really get fed up with the 15 million, they're saying 20 million then, but I don't think it's going to be that far off that figure. Well, mm. I think I think Man United will hold out for 25-ish. Um, but realistically... Clubs are going to say, look, he's up in the year, so mm. we'll it, see. We've got to get the deal done, haven't we? It's as simple as that. If he's interested, 100%. we've got to get the deal done. It's an absolute no-brainer. And again, yeah. the board will be held accountable as to whether that happens or not, because Moyes is going to want to sign him on a permanent. So there's no hiding behind that one. The board ain't going to be able to come out and say, well, you know, we have said to David that the money's there and all that. It's obvious he wants him. The players want him. The fans want him. So the spotlight's on the board now to make that signing happen. It's as simple as that. No excuses, in my opinion. Yeah, 100%. I agree. Um, It was the first time that West Ham had failed to win after being three goals ahead in a Premier League game since losing to Wimbledon 4-3 in 1998. Do you remember that guy? I do. I do. I can remember it very, very clearly. I remember being gutted about it. Oh, me too. I was there. It was awful yeah, that night. Absolutely yeah. awful. Um, yeah. With all the recent to-dos with Mike Dean, it looks like there's a new cunt in town. <laughs> what, did, what did you think of John Moss's performance? Well, exactly as you've described him just there. I think I think I think he was he was really 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 poor. I mean that one where um, Lingard, I think it was, was breaking through. We were two on two, and he's pulled it back for a free kick and stuff. Yeah. And then and then it, and then you know it's just such poor refereeing when you can see you know you people out, you've got the advantage rule when you can see that they're breaking through, and then you pull it back, and then there was just like. There was and then that free kick we took straight after it. I mean, it's our own fault at that point, but it was useless. And it just completely killed that move. And then there's just so many other, like, um, opportunities where he gave decisions to Arsenal that I really, really didn't think were fair. And I think, you know, as much as... 
I don't want to blame the ref for us losing a 3-0 lead, but he was certainly a factor in it. And let's be honest, mate, right, when when a ref has to be a Premier League ref, they have to have a, a, a certain amount of fitness, yeah? They have to pass a bleep test. They have to be have a certain body weight, body mass index. How the fuck can that fat cunt pass that? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, you're spot on. Spot on. Honestly, yeah. he, makes, he makes me look thin, fellow. And that's, a, and that's, a, and that's saying something. Thing. Honestly, like, I, just, I, just, I just don't understand it. And I think certain reps like him, where they've been in the in the game and the league for a you know a period of time, same as Mike Dean and stuff. They, and this is and this like builds into their arrogance. They're almost like untouched. You know, like whatever mm-hmm. they do, yeah. they still get it. I mean, that fuck up that Dean and he he did for Suchek sending off against um, Fulham was just absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, they're back a day later, a, a week later. You know, yeah. Dean said he stepped down because of death threats, but he se- didn't seem too bothered to ref our game not long after that. And, mm. and they... Um, and, and they just have no consequence for it. You know, no consequence at all. The, the Suchek decision between the both of them was the equivalent of, I don't know, like, say, Declan Rice turning around, dribbling past Fabianski and smashing it into our own open goal. You know, mm. it was that bad a decision. Um, yeah, he gets, you know, uh, one, you know, you can, you can carry on next week as if nothing's happened. It's really interesting. I saw someone, like, quote, showed... Uh, on Twitter, someone showed me how they do it in rugby. Now, obviously, I don't know a huge amount about rugby, but they they mic up the refs the whole time so yeah. you can hear every decision. And obviously, you'd have a problem with swearing and stuff. But but it'd be re- I just think they're going to be held much more accountable for that. I mean, what consequences are you going to get for his performance today? Mm. Well, to me, it just backs up what I was saying last week about putting these referees in the league table and scoring yeah. them out of ten every week with the worst being relegated to. The- championship maybe the bottom three bottom five um honestly having a good referee is like you having a good game of squash it just doesn't happen (laughs) (laughs) but 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 seriously he was piss poor tonight he was making wrong decisions he was giving free kicks to the wrong team he was absolutely pony and seeing him smiling with Lacazette at the end of the game oh mate I wanted to throw the fucking telly out the window I was yeah. so fucking pissed off. He was a fucking clown, that cunt, honestly. Uh, oh, he was, mate. And the thing is, it just seems to, like, unless, I don't know, obviously all football fans probably feel that refs are against them and stuff, and it's that kind of, that sort of, I don't know, you, you always think they're worse for you. But I honestly do believe we get unlucky with refs. Like, it's very, very mm. rare. I watch a West Ham game and think, oh, jeez, the refs been a bit kind to us today. You know, it's very, very rare that happens. Like, uh, it's mo- most most weeks. I think, oh, God, that could have been different or that could have been different. Yeah. It's Wolves next on the 5th of April. Tough game, that, and a big game too. Do you fancy us? Uh, it is a really tough game, isn't it? Um, mm. It's away as well. Um, I, I think a draw. I think a draw would be a good result there, to be honest with you. I, I like Wolves. I think Wolves are a good team there. You know, I like their sort of, I like their kit. I like their stadium. I like their kind of history. I think Wolves are a good, a good team. And, mm. and their new sort of Portuguese reign uh, has got um, has done really well for them. So I think they're a hard team. They're a bit inconsistent this year. Um, but I think, I think a draw would be a good result there. Mm. I've got to say, I think I'd take a draw. I, I don't want yeah. to be a negative Nancy, but I don't fancy that. I've got a real bad feeling about that game. I, I think we're going to yeah. lose that. 
Um, my only my only sort of slight hope is if we can come through the window, the international window or international break, whatever, unscathed, that we do have, like potentially Ogbonna, Bat, Yarmolenko, Mazuaku. Mm. You know, I think that could give us a bit of uh, options that we haven't had for a while. Um, so that could be interesting to, mm. to see. Um, but yeah, that is a, that is a tough game. You're right. Um, I mean, Wolves, Wolves, sort of chairman. I don't even know who their chairman is. Um, but I've, they're linked to Portugal. I think on there tonight. I assume they are. But whoever their chairman is, a bit like Leicester, they've done things the right way, haven't they? You know, mm, since they've mm. came to power, they've like they've always made the fans feel like special. They've brought good football. They've brought a lot of expensive, exciting players. You know, I think Leicester and Wolves are the sort of two teams that you know probably in terms of history and stature are smaller than West Ham. Um, yet you look at their chairman and stuff and you think, oh, God, you know, if we'd had them, that would have been quality. Mm, mm. Well, if we do lose, that would be one point from a possible nine. Um, <laughs> that isn't European form, is it? I would start to worry then, if I'm honest. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you, you do have to take into context the opposition. I mean, obviously, Man United are second in the league. Um, and then Arsenal and Wolves are tough games. But I think, I think after... After the Wolves game, it gets a bit easier, doesn't it? In terms of fixtures, mm, it, it does, but it's tight and it X. You know, if you look at the teams that are fighting for that European place, you really do have to be consistent with your games. And look, it's, I know it sounds harsh, and it sounds like I'm putting a real downer on it, but we are talking about European qualification. And the season so far has been phenomenal. And to think on the cusp of 30 games, we're sitting fifth. I mean, if, you, if someone would have told us that, after the Newcastle game at the start of the season, you, you think that's fucking mad, wouldn't you? Oh, um, yeah, you'd be laughing. I mean, so it's I'm been incredible, at... but it's, it's going to be tough, mate. It's, it's going to be tough to, yeah, um, to make that top six, I think. Well, yeah, the fixtures I'm looking at now, they, they are a bit varied because, I mean, afterwards, we've got Leicester, which mm-hmm. is a tough one. Mm-hmm. Then we've got Newcastle, so you'd fancy your chances then. Then you've got Chelsea, uh, which is obviously a tough one. Then you've got Burnley, Everton. Brighton, West Brom, Southampton. So, I mean, the last sort of, if you take Everton out of it, the last five games, um, so last four games about Everton in it, um, Burnley, Brighton, West Brom, Southampton. You'd like to think we could get three points against all of them. Newcastle, potentially as well. Um, so there's still some good games left for us. It's going to be tight. It's going to be close. Mm. Um, but if, if we do get into the Europa League, which I hope we do, we, we've got to improve our squad. There's no, there's mm. no way we can take this squad into Europa League because we'll be decimated. You know, Antonio would do a hamstring. We'll end up with just like... You know, rather than having two keepers on the bench, we have two keepers on the pitch. Um, we probably still can <laughs> probably still concede a load of goals as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we really, really got really got to improve the squad 100. percent It is a problem for us. It is a problem, and um, it's just highlighted really when you look at the lack of options that can come on, and the fact that you've got two keepers on the bench. I mean, it, we have to do some serious work this summer. There is no excuse, no excuse at all. No, exactly. But it is going to be tight. It is going to be tight. It's um, it's going to be a real nail biter, I think, with this European qualification because, like I say, you know, with 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 a a threadbare squad. The players, as good as they are, they're, they are only human and they are going to get tired and they are going to get injured and they are going to get suspended. And, you know, if anything is going to stop us from doing it, it's going to be complacency, consistency and squad depth. 
And, well, and, you and look, I'm, we're the masters of our own destiny with the first two. You know, there's no excuse really for for putting out that second half performance that we did today. No excuse because you're in control of your own destiny when it comes to complacency and consistency. But we're not in control of the squad depth. Only the owners of the football club are. No, exactly. I mean, looking at the squad, I'm looking at the subs bench now that we had today. So you've got Balbuena, who's probably going to leave at the end of the season on a free transfer. You've got Lanzini, who hasn't performed for years. You've got Alves, who has never played for the first team. You've got Noble, who's got a year left now. You've got Fredericks just coming back from injury. You've got Martin, who's your, your third choice keeper. You got Johnson, who a good player, but an academy player, more, more or less, but you know, a young player. You got Trot, who's your fourth choice keeper. And then you got Odebeku, who has played minimally for the first team and been subbed off, having been subbed on on the one time that he has. I mean, that <laughs> that's that's just that's just not strong enough. That's just not a Premier League. I mean, that's a, you know, if it really, we are a Champions League challenging team. That is not a Champions League challenging team subs bench. No, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And where are your game changers? You know, yeah, if, exactly. if, a, if a game isn't going your way and you're looking for a plan B, who are you going to turn to from that list? Arguably, arguably Lanzini, but it depends what man who turns up. Other than that, who have you got to change the game? Exactly, exactly, mate. I mean that. But I mean, it is just embarrassing. The fact you got two keepers on it. I mean, that just sums mm. it all up, really. Mm. You know, like, when when are you ever going to need? I mean, I, I don't know if there's a, there's been probably the odd occasion in the Premier League where three keepers. I know the Alvin Martin story, but that was like 1985. But it's probably like three three occasions when uh. Mm. Uh, very sorry, very minimal occasions when you need to use three keepers. I mean, just unbelievable to even have two on the bench, really. Mm. I know, I know. And even then, they're not our second choice keeper. Second choice keeper. <laughs> <laughs> well, I heard that you were quite close to getting a call up. Right, well, yeah, no, I can't be far. Mate, to be fair, five, five foot seven keeper. You know, I think I probably am not that far off. To be fair, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's the post-match discussion done. News from X will be published on Tuesday morning with our first Q&A with the West Ham Way taking place live on Wednesday night and then the Extra Time podcast arriving on Friday morning. Look after yourselves, be lucky and come on you irons. On you irons. Switching and saving with Geico is easy. So you're free to ponder life's big questions. Like why do people say it goes without saying and then say it anyway? I mean, if it really goes without saying... You should instead not say it and just give a knowing look? Well, folks, it goes without saying. Uh, what does? The thing that I'm not going to say. Okay. Switch and save with Geico. It's easier than you think. Between the job, the kids, the TV I need to binge watch, I've got a lot going on. But I just discovered my new favorite shortcut, Safeway on Instacart. Everything I need delivered right to my door in as fast as one hour. Safeway's organic produce, fresh treats from the bakery. Oh, paper towels. Hang on. I got to place another order. Download the Instacart app or visit instacart.com to get $10 off your first order using the code SAFEWAY10. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $35. Additional terms apply. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.